Be a good time for the Lord to come this morning, wouldn't it? <laughs> for many reasons. Just because he's promised to come. How many are anticipating the Lord's return? Now, don't say it because that's what we always say. See, I've been hearing this for 75 years. The Lord is returning. And sometimes that can become sort of, we just sort of, yeah, it's part of what we believe. But uh, don't let us be like the children of Israel when the Lord kept promising his first coming. And uh, it was said, it was promised, it was taught. But when he showed up, there wasn't too many anticipating it. Do I hear an amen to that? Open up to the fact that he's here to search out people that would actually open up to the fact that he's here. Shepherds, three wise men. And so uh, today I just want us to realize a short realization of what is what time is it? And I think that we live in a day where we can, oh boy, it was a good day yesterday, and tomorrow it's going to be better, and tomorrow we're going to live, and we have plans for here and there. But I believe that we need to recognize that right now what I believe and what I see is the most important moment of our lives is in the now. And are we just believing these things and Continuing on, but have they taken a hold of us that uh, this really may be the day that the Lord comes? Uh, and, and sometimes we need to take and meditate on that a bit. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad. Then the Lord says, I would not have you ignorant concerning my coming. And he's given us a lot of signs that we can start looking forward to. And he says, when you see these taking place, I want you to Realize to help you realize that I really am nigh at the door, that I really am coming. And, and, I, and I want to remind you, sometimes we have, all we have not, we've known the spirituality, the reality of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and we forget there's a reality of Jesus coming back for his people. And that's more than just a story or what, something in the future. It might happen today. But he said, when you see these things come to pass, he said, I want you to, I would not have you ignorant. I don't want you to be totally surprised when I return because these things are start, going to start taking place. And sometimes we don't read the signs. We can sometimes read the moon and read the stars and they have a study out there on star reading. But he said, you really need to be aware of what my word says and what I'm believing and what I'm living out. And we find that um, 1948, I want you to realize something, folks. We are living in times of prophecy fulfilled. We get into the Old Testament, we look, wow, look at all these prophecies. And look how they've been fulfilled. I want you to know something. Except prophecies are being fulfilled right now faster than we have a clue. Now, God has promised and God is doing. And the prophecies are preparing us for his return. Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back for a body that are anticipating his arrival. He loved one another and how to love the Lord has learned how to love him and how to love one another and how to love the lost. But he said in that process I want you to recognize 
that there's going to be a lot of good things going on. And there's going to be a lot of things that are not so good going on. And we need to recognize that while we're seeing so many positive things of God doing and fulfilling his promises, promises with Israel in 48, uh, the promise that the children of Israel come back to their homeland. That's 2,000 years. And here they show up in 1948. At the end of the end time, they are now a nation. Uh, now J Jerusalem has been made their capital. They are booming. They are the fastest growing uh, state, the economy, and uh, it's just booming. Now, sometimes we look at the Bible and we go, well, you know, wow, this is in my lifetime. But then he said, you know, the generation that sees this happen, now I'm not setting up hours and days and moments, but the generation, how many were around when that happened? 1948. When Israel, out of the blue, God said, hey, boom, set it up. And uh, are now an abounding nation. Because guess what? The end time involves Israel. He said, well, it's involving the United States. Yes, it is. But it's still connected to Israel. The Lord is preparing and returning. And we're seeing great and wonderful things. And he's promised that in the last days, that he, before he returns, there'll be a great and mighty revival. But also in the last days, there's going to be some horrible things going on around here. And so we recognize that we need to anticipate the return of the Lord and his soon coming. And he's coming back for you. Now, what we need to recognize, whose side are we on? And we're certainly living right now in America and around the world. Where <coughs> hatred is abounding. Have you noticed that? <laughs> hatred is abounding. So you say, Lord, I thought things were going to get better. I thought you were coming back for us and it was going to get better. No, for us it's going to get better. But we need to recognize that in America and around the world, hatred is abounding. We no longer have political issues. I want you so that you're not deceived. You are in the middle of a spiritual war. And it's only you, the church, that can stand in the gap and intercede because you see the spirit. Because it's no longer about politics. That we as God's people need to lay down politics because it's no longer about politics. It's about, it's about life and it's about destruction. We have an element in this world that is preparing to destroy. Everything they talk about, everything they think about is to tear apart what God has a plan, to tear the family apart, to sacrifice babies. I mean to tell you something. God deplores. Do you know why the enemy is trying to hang on to that? Because he's under a blood covenant, because as long as he has the murder that's taking place in the land, he's got a covenant with the land to keep it bound. But I'm here to tell you that God's people, in these last days, we're going to see, we're also under a blood covenant. How many's under a blood covenant here? It's called the blood of Jesus, amen? And we are on his side. And we are, and so I'm just awakening us to the fact. So you go, why suddenly all the hatred? Why suddenly all the bitterness? Why, why all suddenly they hating? And, and we have to recognize, and we need to cease to try to be friends with the world because we're either on one side or the other. 
We're called to pray for the world and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them, but not to befriend them. Because I'm going to be honest with you, and you can come back at me on this, the world really, really doesn't like you. <laughs> Think about that. They really, really, really basically say that it's always been, the Bible tells us this, and I would say it's always hatred has been there because it's not a hatred about us. It's a hatred about the Lord Jesus Christ. And since we belong to him, he's reminding us today in his word, if they hated me so much, why wouldn't they hate you? And why wouldn't they hate what I've established and what I'm endeavoring to build life and peace into the land as he has for many years? And so we are recognizing, if you'll turn to John 15, I wonder suddenly where is all this hatred coming? Well, it's always been there. And it's not at people. It's not at candidates. Because God has begun to move in the land. And he's finalizing these last days. He has begun to move. And there is an anointing that is moving and carrying out God's plan. Not a person's plan. God's plan. How many can stand with that? Working out God's plan for the end time. And he said, I've come, and he said, I'm, on, I'm doing what I came to do. And so in the process, venom and hate, and almost the Lord has begun to rise with such venom and hate and almost mind-boggling actions of the element of our society. And we need to recognize that it's not about one person. It's not about us. It's really about the fact that that's the enemy trying to stop what God's doing. Because the hatred's always been in there. You had, you had a problem with Jesus until you met him, didn't you? The world has a problem with Jesus. Because he represents righteousness and godliness and forgiveness and love. And, and so, let's just read here. I want us to get down here to John 15. And uh, <clears throat> he, he's talking about we as Christians, where we stand at a time like this, and why it's going on, and what uh, is happening. <clears throat> if you find godliness, world is hating you. The godless world is hating you. Remember, it got its start hating me. You hear that? It got its start. The world without Jesus, it's already there. And because the enemy is endeavoring to use it to hinder what God is endeavoring to do, he said, they started hating me. Now, I want you to think about something. I can't believe that. I want you to think about Jesus, went around doing nothing but good and healing and feeding and resolving. And, but when it came down to push up, they hated him and destroyed him. Now, that was part of what God's plan was, but they hated him. Remember, it got to start with his hating me. If you live on the world's terms, the world will hate you as one of its own. Now, you said, preacher, you're getting a little strong here. What, what, what makes you think uh, the world hates Christians? How many have watched enough news to recognize what's happening in the Christian world and around the world? And Christians that are being slaughtered. There are more Christians being martyred right now than it has ever been. We don't always hear about them. 
because God's moving by his spirit and many are being slain. And what he's simply saying is the, the reason that they, uh, they hate the church, the true church. Isn't it interesting to know that we can have the Muslims out there and we can have them pray and we can have them representing, but pull a Christian in there. They'll tell you right off, you don't mention the name Jesus in a prayer at the, at the White House. You don't remember. Why, why? Why? If it's religion that bothers them, Jesus. It's about Jesus that convicts them. Amen? It's Jesus. It's about Jesus. And we are part of that warfare, and we need to recognize our part in it. This is no longer a political battle. We are in the last day's battle for the Lord's fulfilling his will and his plan. Now, he said, but he said, if you live in the world's terms, then the world would lo love you as of its own. But since I picked you to live on God's terms, how many do we have living on God's terms here? Amen. If you're in Christ, you're living on God's terms. terms and no longer on the world's terms. Uh, I'm sorry to tell you, and this is the word of God. Stop trying to be friends and go along with the world because they will ultimately hate you. Where'd you get that, preacher? The spirit in them will hate you. Now, we are to love the world. You say, how are we going to do this? Here we are in these days when God, because we're not called to try to be friends of the world. We're called to share the gospel with love for the world. Amen? While they're, they're doing what naturally comes. They hate Christ. They hate anything that represents him. They hate anyone that stands for him. Anything that has to do with Jesus. Somebody just said to me this morning, the missionary that was just released from Turkey, he said he was in the White House and he laid his hands on the president and prayed. And guess who's all over it? CNN. <laughs> I mean, if you had had a Muslim guy up there or somebody else, you'd never heard a word about it. I'm using that as an example. We are dealing with a spiritual problem with the hatred towards the Lord Jesus Christ and trying to deplete God's people. But guess what? Greater is he that's in us than he's in the world and we win. How many are planning on winning? And so, but we need to know where we stand and who we're standing with in these last days. Pull, let's shake off our politics and look and see what, the, what they are publicizing and recognizing. Because I'm going to tell you something. Baby sacrifice has nothing to do with God. It's just, he hates it. And yet, we have Christians that will go vote that party's plan. And I go, how can you do this? I'm not talking about people. I'm not talking about individuals. I'm talking about candidates. I'm looking at what they stand for. Now, we cannot be divided. What does he say? A church, either what? Hot or cold. So we better get all the way over where it stands with the gospel. No matter whose name is out there, what the principles of our nation stand for. And it's standing in the power of the Lord eat on you. And he said, if they beat me, they will certainly beat on you. Uh, how many had in the news have been watching people beat, beat with their mouths? Slaughtered, torn apart, tearing reputations apart. Tearing lives apart. And so we need to begin to be, stop being desensitized to what we're dealing with. We are to love those people. We're to pray for them and share the gospel. 
But it is a warfare that's trying to tear the church, trying to tear the nation apart, and disrupt everything that's very, anything that has to do with righteousness or anything that God has performed. We have the issue of, so confusing to our children coming up, the, the gender issue. That's all perversion from the gospel. It's all perversion from the gospel. And we, we need, whose side are you standing on that? You know, are we, in, are we into this or we're not? You've got to make a decision. And that will influence how you, we vote for the future. Make a decision. Do we stand for murder? And I don't care what medical doctors are putting over that. It's murder. Amen? It's slaughtering. In fact, you never really see the pictures of it. You couldn't believe how they're slaughtering children. And that's abominable to God because God is sending those children here to the earth to live out his plan and purpose. And we are what? Slaughtering them. For the convenience of the God of convenience. In the day of Jezebel, that's what they were doing. And she was so for that. But that, then they called it a religion. We call it um, politically correct. Amen. Destroying babies. Slaughtering them. Uh, somebody's going to have to stand before God on behalf of that. We as Americans are getting away with it. And I'm going to tell you something. If that continues, uh, God's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah if judgment doesn't ultimately come to America. But meantime, we are in the process of being the church and knowing that God's plan for us is not to get beat down or whipped down, but God's plan for us to grow because we are standing for righteousness and we're standing for truth and his spirit is in us. And we have plans to go forth until he's returned. I believe he's soon coming back. So what I'm saying is with our minds, sometimes we can just say, let this go by. Let this go, and go, well, I know, but I don't really go along with it. No, it's time we start taking a stand for it. Do you hear what I just said? Because I'm going to tell you something, and I believe this. I am responsible before the Lord as to where I stand. I'm just going to let it go. Getting away with anything by thinking, well, I'm just going to let it go. No. We are representatives of the Lord. And we start to lay down our fear as to what will they do to us. That's what they're trying to do right now. Fear. Trying to beat the Christians down. Trying to beat people down. Because of what they're going to do to us. I want to tell you something. Jesus went through it. Did he not? Okay, church. Let's shake off the shackles of indifference. And let's begin to pray, not against, not against the sinners, but pray for them. <laughs> Amen? Do you know what the Lord had the nerve to do after he went through all this? And the people that he healed, and said, they're out there hanging him on the cross. And, and I go, if anybody had a reason to be upset or didn't want to speak out or didn't want, it had been Jesus. Now here's the issue that makes the church the difference. We're calling for you to stand with the Lord. Amen? We're calling for you to stand with the Lord. But we're also calling you to pray for the lost. Do you hear the difference? Do you know what Jesus did? He hung there on the cross. He knew what He said, they did this to me. Church, they're going to do this. They're doing it to the church right now. Uh, slaughtering Christians everywhere. Unbelievable. 
He said, if they did this to me, then they're going to do that to you. So we also have a prime, 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 prime example. Jesus didn't get mad. He didn't get bitter. And you say, inhumanly, he was a human, but that was his choice. He didn't get retaliatory. What did Jesus do? He, just, he made one of the hardest statements that I struggle with. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. They are blind. We're not out there to fight them. We're out to pray for them, but to take a stand and to ask God to bless them and to save their souls because they are blind. And Jesus knew. They didn't have a clue what they were doing. I believe the, the crowds and the mobs that we're seeing right now, they really don't know what they're doing. They're just empty, and they're just fighting, and somebody points them in a direction to fight. They're just empty. They have no knowledge of the Lord. Church, we have knowledge. Do I hear an amen to that? We're not blind. They are. We're not. And because we're not blind, we need to know where we stand as we stand with our nation and stand for the coming of the Lord. And guess what? He's going to come checking on us when he returns. Will there be any love there? Father, forgive them. Stand with him. And then, Father, forgive them. Pray for them. Because let me tell you something. In the middle of all this, and I've heard it prophesied several times, and it's been a promise that in these last days, before the Lord finally returns, there is going to be a harvest of souls. See, where the enemy seems to overplay his hand, God creates in that emptiness a place for hearts to really hunger and thirst after him. I heard one prophet uh, <coughs> long ago that said that there's over a billion that's coming in around the world. It's already happening. Coming to Christ. Do you know why he's doing that? What does he say? It's my desire that what? None should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So this is not a message for us to create retaliation. This is not a message for us to get angry and fight back. No, this is a place that we need to take a stand for the right and stand with the nation, even at the voting polls. What would God have us to do? Get personalities out of it. As a Christian, what do I do? As a Christian, what do I stand for? As a believer standing with God, I'm standing on his side. And it has to do with what his word says. He said, they are going to do all these things to you because of the way they treated me. Because they don't know the one who sent me. He said, why are they doing this? Because they don't know God. Isn't that right? They're lost. They're blind. And the enemy is using their lostness and their blindness to try to destroy. I want you to think right now, everything that is anything that God created or sustained or ordained, it's constantly being torn down. Constantly being trying to destroy it. Family, husbands and wives, everything God ordained. Tear it down, tear it down, tear it down, tear it down. Let's stand with the Lord in the spirit of time. Because Satan does not win. Will you say that with me? Satan does not win. But we choose to stand with the Lord. No matter what. Yes. If I hadn't come and told them all of this in plain language, it wouldn't be so bad. 
As it is, well, I have no excuse. Hate me, hate my father, it's all the same. If I hadn't done what I have done, among them works no one has ever done, they wouldn't be to blame. But they saw God, they saw signs. I want you to realize something, what we are accused anyway, both me and my father. I want you to realize something, what we are experiencing is hatred towards God and his son. Now whose side are we on? We better stand over there. God doesn't need our help. He needs us to stand with him. Does that make sense? He needs us to pray. Pray for our nation. Pray for the lost. Pray for those who are going out of their cotton picking minds because they don't even know who they are. They don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Amen? We're looking at a bunch of empty souls that have no reason, no purpose for life, and they're just being led around to fulfill what the enemy's got planned for America. We need to recognize that the Lord is coming back. And remember, he's coming back for a people that are not sleeping, not just standing by and letting things go, but are really busy doing the work of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't don't know about you, but more and more as I've gotten older, I want to be found faithful when he returns. How many many feel that way? I want to be found faithful. And we need to shake off the lethargy. And we do have it. We don't take it seriously. We say, we're still coming and, you know, no, what is my part in this, Lord? Well, prayer. Uh, and remember, you've been given dominion over the earth, so your vote. Don't go, well, whatever, God's in charge. No, he is in charge, but we are responsible to do what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Amen? So don't go, oh, well, God's going to win anyway. No, we're, we're called to do what he's called us to do. He has given us the dominion over the earth. And so I want us in these last days to recognize the fact that we are on the Lord's side and that God does not hate the other side. In fact, he loves them so much that in these last days he's bringing a, a pile of them into the kingdom because as bad as they are over there, he doesn't want them to go to hell. He doesn't want them to die and go to hell. So we don't wish bad on them, but we need to be praying for them. Amen. Pray for them. Pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. And stand where the Lord would have you to stand with him. Because he is soon returning. And I'm looking forward to that. And I just want to remind us, and I need to remind myself every so often, this is the only go-round you get. If you're ever going to be found standing with the Lord and standing with him for the advancement of his kingdom, looking forward to the day that we will be caught up as the church. You don't get a second go round. And when we enter into the kingdom of God, the Lord says, never get to allow those words. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you, you know, that's the only chance we ever get to allow those words to be spoken to us. He said, oh, I could have done more. Someone said not long ago, <clears throat> they said, well, there won't be any tears in heaven. Well, that's not what the word of God says. It says he says he will Wipe away all tears. Right? I believe, and I really believe this in my heart, and this goes for me too. I really do believe that there will be tears in heaven. Especially when we stand before the Lord, not as judgment of heaven or hell, but when we stand before the Lord and we recognize what part and what participation we could have had in the kingdom, and the upbuilding of the kingdom. And because of our 
not taking it so seriously. And, you know, and I you're going to go, I could have done more. Especially when you're standing in the love of Jesus, in the pure love of Jesus, I could have done more. We need to shake off our fear. We need to be, anticipate and let God give us a vision of his soon return. And we need to stand. We need to vote wherever the Lord would have us to vote. We need to do in the church and the advancement of the kingdom. Now is the hour. And I want to say this again. You won't get another one. There's no other time. This is the only time you can serve the Lord with all of your heart. Not because so-and-so does or somebody else. You know, rather than cooling off, Let's get lit. Do you hear me? This is the wrong time to cool off. This is the wrong time to stop taking it so seriously. Because we have a stand to take, an anticipation of the return of the Lord, and then we also have a job in sharing the gospel with the lost and praying for those lost people where they are lost. God is good. God is good. Amen. How many plan on going to heaven? Sure, yeah. Very good. How many like to see some of those crazies out there with you? Amen. I look at those young people and my heart aches. After I get done being annoyed at them, <laughs> I go, what kind of kooks are you? Then I go, they don't know. We have no excuse. They do. Does that make sense? They don't know. And Jesus had it right when he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what's going on. But church, we do know what's going on. Do you say an amen to that? And we're we're in a time where it's the most exciting times that can be the most gracious times, the most futurist times. And then we're going to uh, be caught up with the Lord and we're going to go with him. Him. And uh, then uh, somebody was cremated the other day, and I said, Oh, what about cremation? I said, Well, that doesn't matter. When the trumpet sounds, wherever those particles are, <laughs> the Lord doesn't need them anymore because He's coming back for you and me. And the, those that are, have been away from the Lord and, and their bodies have been away from the Lord. They're coming back. They're going to be renewed. And then all of us, who I hope it is us, they said when that passage, they said it was, 40, was it 45 years for a generation. That's what he did say. And he said, this, this will all come to pass. What I'm saying to you will all come to pass after the return of Israel. So if we take 45, 48 years, 50, uh, I'm not a time setter. But I mean, just to encourage us to be sure we are ready. Lay down some of those things that you think are so important that you're hanging on, you're busy, 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 and doing, they may be important, but there's nothing more important than you being ready to meet the Lord. And as you get a little older, you realize more than ever, that is the most important thing, is to meet the Lord. Let's bang our heads. Father, we do worship you in spirit and truth. We thank you and praise you for who you are. We glorify you. We honor you and we bless you. Father, as your people, I pray that right now you will put a revival of your spirit and of your love on our hearts right now. Open our eyes. 
renew us, put anticipation, put faith and love in there. We are called to be soldiers of the cross. We're called to be able to stand. We are in a warfare. And Father, help us to be victorious. You're the one to put the armor on us. Help us to stand with your love and your forgiveness. We do pray for America. We know that you're doing something in America that's fulfilling your plan and purpose for us and Israel. We do believe that you are uh, coming back a new season. We do believe that you're coming back soon. And we want to be found ready. Stir in our hearts. Stir in our hearts just now. A renewed fervor and purpose to serve you and to stand with you. We bless you. We magnify you. We bless you. We glorify you. We thank you, Lord, that we're part of your plan. We thank you that you're, we're part of your purpose. Father, you've placed us at White Hill. And Father, we're here to work with you. We believe that you're unfolding your plan right here. To be part of the bigger picture that many may come to know you is life everlasting. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your love. We love you, Lord. Repent of not taking you serious many times, not taking where we are seriously. We repent. Father, we thank you that we have life and we're headed for life. We want to thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing and we have a bright future. But Lord, it's only when we're doing it with you. We repent of being self-centered and selfish and thinking only of ourselves. Because Lord, it really will be called to work with you and to serve with you. So we choose that today. We thank you for opening our eyes to truth. Thank you for opening our eyes to you. We do glorify you. Holy Spirit, move. Move through this place right now. Touch our hearts. Touch our hearts. Touch our hearts. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Praise God in Jesus' name. Father, we want to thank you for Rusty and Tanya, the loss of her mother. I pray that right now you'll be comforting to them. It's good to be able to stand with brothers and sisters. But Lord, we're here to also to stand on behalf of the lost. We thank you for your coming and thank you that you are who you say you are. And we glorify you. We honor you. We worship you. Lord. For he is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead, and he is Lord.
You're our king. You're our king. You have risen from the dead and you're our king. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue at least one or two people where you're sitting there and just say, Jesus really is coming soon. Just tell them, let out of your mouth. Jesus is really coming soon and we want to be ready. Hallelujah. You may stand. You are dismissed.